When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another Matchday edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by James. Hello. We've got a guest on the show today, a special, a very special guest. We're joined by Joe. Good evening, chaps. And James, tell us why Joe's here. (laughs) (laughs) Pass that on to me. But also, your voice is so croaky, Paul. Sounds like you've been screaming at a TV. Um, Joe, Joe, the uh, composer of our theme tune, Joe Bothanley. Author, better than Rocco Dean. <laughs> some, some introduction in that, James. Thank you. <laughs> no, we're, we're incredibly grateful for you putting the uh, the tune to the to the pod because it's. I think it's iconic. I think it's fair to say. So, oh. uh, and it was awfully decent of you to to do we're, so because we don't have any money. So <laughs> if we did pay it, then uh, it was actually just James we, doing me a favour. We so. would have had you on uh, absolutely ages ago, but as it happens, you've you've turned up for a really good episode. I think. Well, this is it. It was a pleasure to do the theme the theme song. Anyway, it's, uh, I've listened to the pod for years now, and it's uh, I love it. And yeah, just at half time, I was like, oh, for God's sake, whatever. I, the one I'm coming on is going to be absolutely miserable. <laughs> gen- genuinely, at half time, I was like, this has got to be the darkest pod I've ever done. Yeah. And I'm in such a horrible place. And James will be going, oh, how's he going to turn it into a positive and spin all this? Well, I'm not. I'm no, just going to lean into it. No, actually, at, at about half time, I was ready to message you saying, should we just spin it off? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought, we'll do this one in the oh. break, I think. Once I've, uh, the uh, the grinning American is uh, just here to talk with the uh, press still watching. So we've, we're recording tonight straight after the game in a break from recent tradition. Oh, it's hard to go through, really. Let's let's start at the start. It's a good place to start. That's how incoherent I am. Like, babbling mess, basically. I thought, in the uh, in the initial openings of the game, I thought we were really good. And yeah. I thought we were just really wasteful. But it was classic us, really, wasn't it? You know, where we, we get loads of chances, don't bury them. That effort that Bamford had as well, where he looked the keeper in the eye and sort of just made him stand there as he tried to get it in at the near corner and yeah it just felt like oh god it's not going our way and then as soon as they scored she just thought here we go again it's funny because in the back of my mind i've had this whole the rhetoric around wolves where it's like oh well you know they go ahead you're never going to come you're never going to come back especially at molyneux and there's there's always that maybe it's stupid optimism in my head of like you know this this is there for us to do it and in the early phases i didn't think we'd we'd have a good chance and then as soon as they got two it was like no way half time you know in our whatsapp group and to you joe as well just like there's no there's absolutely no way and i was it just felt like relegation it felt like that minute after norwich equalized again just a void it was it was awful but yeah, it did. But I think, you know, it was like that first opening period. I, I was like, oh, we're on here. This is looking really good. Mm. And I think I think 
it just shows what Bamford brings to the side. Like when he went off, I think you could see it in the players as well. It was just like, oh, not again, you know. Like, yeah, you could really tell that that it affected them all. I think it was a real turning point. I think that. Yeah, the mood the mood definitely changed because they scored quickly after it, didn't they? And yeah, it, like yeah, the bench looked in a mood, and, and I think Jesse was like sat on some like w- little weird ground, like looking at his watch. It was like everything just felt very dour all of a sudden, didn't it? I was I missed the Norwich pod and I listened to it the next morning and all the way through. It's weird when you do. I listened to it thinking, I want to talk about Bamford now. Why aren't they talking about Bamford? Why aren't they talking about Bamford? And and you got to it eventually. But his influence on that first half on Sunday and his influence in that bit that we we shaped so much of our forward play around him that when he's been missing, we've we've tried to fit and adapt to it. But we just I couldn't see where goals were going to come from today. We were we were all over the place, yeah. like losing those players, and it was the players that we lost as much as anything. Because they're, without being disrespectful to some of the players, if they were to go off injured, we have closer like for likes. It'll have been great for Greenwood being involved tonight, but without being disrespectful, he he may have as well not have been on the pitch for a lot of it because he didn't have the greatest <laughs> of of impacts or influences on the way that the game went, and understandable to some extent because it was he was coming into a huge occasion but yeah i don't know like it was that. a proper lead to that game wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> like you know, yeah. like like when i was looking at the team sheet at the, at the start as well it, well before i knew Rafinha had covid but i sort of thought like this is we're nearly back to full strength here this you know this is looking good and then within like half an hour just it all just it just fell apart bit by bit and when melio went off that was just like the icing on the cake for me i was like what is happening here he he was the sacrificial lamb, wasn't he? Really, yeah. it's like we'll take we'll take we'll take an injured Melier for a sending off. Come on, Leeds. There's so much we can go through. Let's say in the first half, what like Jamie Carragher is an awful commentator. Like for like he is awful. He's so contradictory. He I don't know thrives on a bit of enthusiasm. But he was saying before they got their second that Wolves hadn't been threatening at all. They, they'd scored because it's easy to pick it apart, but they hadn't really looked like scoring. And for all that, we had still had some chances. And I think we were really in the game. And you don't want to concede just before half time. And we conceded in the like 74th minute of injury time in the first half or something. But that was in, as bad as it gets. James, you, you've played at a reasonable level. Played Wally a few times. Would you... How much of a doing would you get on a Saturday afternoon in your team if you'd lined up for a free kick like that? Oh my God, yeah. I mean, it's like, it is playground stuff really, isn't it? Like, I don't understand why they weren't switched on. It it was almost as though they were just overthinking what they've been taught too much rather than just being on an instinct and just watching what was going on around them. But yeah, yeah that, that was that was so painful to, to watch. And it was the fact that you had some players that were almost like trying to, well, they were pl- trying to play an offside line, but then they weren't even picking up players when it came out. Like you've got three players on the edge of the box in, in space ready for a pass. It's just, yeah, it was awful. But I think it, like the, the first half I found so frustrating. I, I didn't think Forshaw was having a good game between him and Lorente. They were just playing hospital passes to one another all the time. Um, and it just put us under so much pressure. And I, I think, I think that's why the first half was so hard to watch was that actually when we got, into the final third, we looked like pretty dangerous, but at the back, we were just making stupid mistakes. As the first half went on, I started worrying it was sort of unravelling to sort of a Villa-esque performance, you know, I've yeah. seen similar things happening and 
it got a bit. I just could see that happening again. Yeah, I couldn't see what was. I couldn't see us turning it around like that. Anyway, at that but point, I can't remember who he who he was following. But strike on the first goal came out and followed his man like he was still man marking. I don't know if you saw that on the replay. Mm. And he just left that massive hole behind him. Mm. It's like, well, are, are they still in two minds? You know, um, uh, you know, are they still in the Bielsa way and the Jesse Marsh way? Have they not? Is it not twigged yet? I don't know. I, I, I want to address this at this point before we get into the second half. Let's get all the bad stuff out of the way. Yeah. They sacked Bielsa because we shipped a lot of goals to teams that we always were going to struggle against in some respects. So it was the manner of those defeats. It's, you can talk about that as long as you like. I don't understand. So see if either of you can help me with this. Why we've brought someone in. Yeah, he has to tweak the system and it's a narrow kind of system. But if we're making all the same mistakes and we're committing in like, what has he changed that has got us away from shipping a ton of goals? Because we, I talk about fine margins all the time. It's fine margin that saved us in, in this game ultimately. But what was the point in it? Why did we do that? What is Jesse Marsh bringing at the moment that's different to what we were lacking under Bielsa? Me and Joe were talking about this after the Villa game, actually. And we were saying that it feels like they were sold on this idea of Jesse Marsh's style of play being very close to Bielsa's. But actually... It is very different, you know, because because they talks about the way they press and they try and win the ball back. That it's like pitch has been similar, but it's really different. We play now. We're playing like a really narrow system where, when we press in the middle, you could see they quickly moved out to the wing, and then all of a sudden they've got like two or three players on an overload, like attacking us. And I don't want to take the shine off this because it's an awesome. It's just a brilliant victory and massive for us. But it it still feels like the biggest roll of the dice and so dangerous that we got rid of Bielsa. And I don't think we'll ever get away from that. And we'll never know what the outcome would have been either way. But that's just, I, well, that's how I feel anyway. I, I don't want to seem too negative because like you say, it was such a good win. But a bit like, is this what we've got rid of Bielsa for in a way? Mm. And I was just like, not like you say, we were still shipping goals. I didn't feel like we were threatening as much as we used to do at the height of Bielsa ball. I was just kind of, you know, everyone's so sad about him going, I think. And yeah, just very, very strange. Like like we were saying before, James, everything driving through the middle. And like Harrison was hardly in the game in that first half at all. I didn't yeah. think Harrison or James were effective in any way, shape or form. Oh, Rodrigo, they were, and I've already mentioned, like they were, ultimately, they were pretty anonymous and yeah. in, ineffective. It, it's like you said earlier, Paul, you, you weren't sure where a goal was going to come from. And you could see the ball being raked across the, you know, into the 18 yard box to, to Dan James. He just thought well, he's not, he's not going to score. Like he, do, he doesn't, he doesn't really get, get or take those chances. Does he? So I cleaned the entire downstairs of my house in the first half, <laughs> like top to bottom. Like it, it is immaculate to the point where is that stress well, cleaning? This is a brilliant distraction. So when I ran out of stuff and had to watch the game, when I was nervous, it was awful. I'm looking around the room going, What's going to move? Can I dust something? Um, we got into the second half and they've come out and they're still still going for it. It's all a bit gambly. I forgot that in that first game of, of uh, Ellen Road, how dirty and time-wasty and irritating Wolves were. And it was all coming back to me when, when Jimenez was doing his bits and pieces. Oh my God. He's such, he's such a good player, but he's an, he's another one like Richarlson was at Ellen Road as well. Just mm. spends so much of their time on the floor. I just think if you actually spent more of your time being the good player that you are, you'd be pretty lethal, actually. 
Mm. I, I kept thinking how many more Wolves players can go down holding their head. It was ridiculous. But like you say, brought it all back from the first game massively. Poor old mm. click, speaking of heads. Well, is, I'm not a fan it... of these these rules. <laughs> I am a fan of the fact that you can take someone off for a concussion. And as they did suggested play, well, I don't know. I think that's dangerous because they suggested <laughs> that like you could take someone off, sit and, and swap them for someone for 10 minutes and see how they go. Like you're making a call with concussion. And if, if there's any risk, they should be withdrawn, which yeah. is why they've got it. And that's the rule. Well, um, if you're a medic, get... if, if you're a medic going on the pitch, you want to be saying to like Melia, just, just hold your head, stop, hold your head. Could do with an extra sub here. Yeah, I know, but they get an extra sub because of it. Yeah. So they got to make, obviously they had an injury as well, but they got to make on top of their injury, three subs for strategic purposes, which is weird. And then Melier getting injured and rendering us incapable of making a change for the rest of the game. I just think it's a, it's ridiculous that in football we still have these things where someone's been injured, clearly properly injured. But if you change it, I guess you're liable to people taking the mick. It just didn't quite sit right. Anyways. Click's face was fat, wasn't it? He's got the squarest fringe I've ever seen. He's got a proper bowl cut. I you think. see him grinning, grinning when he's going off down the sun or whatever. It's like it's just massive and he's still I, like grinning. He's bleeding. I think he's like, I, I, I'd be like, I'm bleeding. I'd, I'd be in bed and milking that for about a week. And he's been given the international break off as well, hasn't he? So he can uh, nurse his injury. Yeah, the Sky made a lot of it. And, and Gary Neville after the game was going, are we saying that attackers have to yield? Are we saying they have to yield? It's like, no, what I'm saying is both those players have gambled on something. And it would have been a straight red if if uh, him and it had taken it past him, yeah. almost certainly. And everyone would have been going, what an awful decision he's made. But that he's is, had to come for it. He's had yeah. to come out for it. That That is just one of those where it would go either way, like you say. It, they're both... Jimenez could have like changed the way he ran to it and Melia could have changed the way, but they were just all in, weren't they? They literally were all in for that and it was, it was only going to go one way. I, did, I, I hate to say it, but I did think it was slightly harsh. Like I, I, I liked seeing him walk off down the tunnel, but, but I felt like it was, it, like you say, they'd both gambled. It was all in. It was basically whoever gets to it first, wasn't it? I th- the yeah, I, I think like I completely agree. And it, it is, it's harsh because it's like, well, they've both, they've almost both committed. So it's kind of fine because they're both willing to go for it and see what, mm. see what happens. But it's still like a high late challenge. So like rules of the game are. So Matthew always says that we're rubbish against 10 men. I wasn't filled with confidence. I thought, actually... There was times well, where they still looked like they were going to score. <laughs> well, they did. Like, And that goes... that goes. There were loads of times, and that goes back to what you were saying about the fact that we played this narrow press, and they just have to get a bit... And teams just have to get a bit of width. One pass, two pass, and you're out wide with men over. And, yeah. and, and they're in. And that happened time and time again. But I, I, I understand that we were rolling the dice at moments in the second half we had to do against 10 men what you said earlier about Wolves all the stats before this was there's hardly any goals in the game they don't score enough Mm. they they don't concede they're tight they know how to shut down a game properly I thought 10 men's just going to galvanise them to like it's this forward that's gone off so that isn't going to make a difference to how we break down the play Mm. it just means we should arrive in those moments slightly sooner because the first line of defence is gone. So we had an awful lot to do to get anything out of that game at that point. 
they, the ball was still hugely in their court. So talk us through how we got back into that game. Did you think it was going to happen? When when the send it off occurred, I did think, ah, oh, there's so there's so long to go here that I hope we don't just like rush it. We take our time and just play like we've been trying to play. Because when we try and play the football that works for us, times at Norwich, times at Leicester, we're really good. Like we're re- we're really good on the attack, and it felt like they would be too stretched to cope with that. But then it got to the point where. I think we'd got back to two all and we were just, we were rushing. We were, we'd still got like 20 minutes left, like rushing every like long balls over the top. And it just felt like, come on, just take your time. I think watching, you could have quite easily have watched that second half and been told Bielsa was still in charge and you wouldn't have batted an eyelid. Yeah. It was, it was, it was chaotic leads at its best, like absolute chaos. Good, bad and ugly. All of it, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't, see a way back in at all half time I was thinking this is dead and buried I was texting my friends sort of saying I don't even want to watch the second half I just I, I didn't have I think maybe last season we had a bit more oh we can come back from anything we can we're capable of anything but I think the way it's been recently we've it's sort of we haven't had that for so long mm. and I think that's why it made it all so sweet seeing it happen as well it was like this is it this is this is what we love about Leeds you know well, I said at half time it was it was poor defending, like mm. really poor defending. Bad luck, terrible luck with the injuries and and poor finishing. I was like, that is the reason we're going to get relegated in a nutshell because those are the things that have defined this season compared to previous season. But little did I know that last minute winners were going to be the thing that goes on to de- define our season. So talking through the goals, they came from persistence, didn't they? Like yeah. we've got a break into the box. Luke Alien don't really do man of the match anymore in some ways, but it's got to go to him from me tonight just for his desire, his yeah. absolute out and out desire because he's getting onto balls in the box. That that makes no difference to them having a man sent off that goal. It's other than the chaos and, and the disorder that it's brought to them a little bit. But in terms of where their players should be, he shouldn't be getting over that guy's shoulder and getting onto it. And he's obviously at the post had a, a decent follow-up because he may have put that into the stand in times gone by. And Harrison's in the right place at the right time, so game on. Something happened to Harrison, though. And like when I know when they go down to 10 men, it might have made it, him have a bit more space, but he just suddenly just sprung to life. All these balls that were going into the... He, I was like, what's happened? He just he just mm. suddenly just erupted, didn't he? It? And it's same with Rodrigo. We can go a long period of time without really doing much. And all of a sudden he just pops up and you're like, oh, there he is, you know. Yeah, I did think that about his crossing because like sometimes we just look like we can't ever get it past the first man, but like everything was going in and causing them problems, which was really good to see. And same with Rodrigo, I couldn't agree more. Like first half, I just thought, oh God, like again, it was just like the ball was sort of sticking to his feet and he couldn't really do anything with it. And then second half, he was just taking his time, turning players quite easily, creating loads of space, bringing Forshaw into it and then moving on and going further up the field. It's just so much better. But yeah, Bill, so, Bill Bill's a legend, isn't he, as well, though? Like, well, I think you're 100% right. He's definitely man of the match. And he's that player that seems to take the game by the scruff of the neck. Like people yeah. say, we don't have anyone that does that. But he seems when he's, when we're bit down and out, he starts skinning people on the wing and just doing mad stuff. And you're like, <laughs> he gets everyone going a bit, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, I've just remembered, and I think this is probably the funniest bit of the night now in context. There was the collision for the sending off 
obviously all the players came over and there was so much passion tonight. Like when, when you calm down and you watch it all back and you know that we've won, it's amazing to watch. But I, if you were a neutral watching that, I was a kind of neutral, but not a neutral watching last night, one in Newcastle Street. That game was disgusting. It was awful. Um, anyway, they've all charged over and Cody's come over and shoved Dale in to get, like when they were oh, yeah. the ref, right? And, and told him to do one as impolitely as you can do. And in his post-match interview with Luke Ayling, he's they've said to him, what did you make a send-off? He went, oh, I didn't really see it. I was on the other side of the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Bill. But, so, um, but that's that's another one of those things as well. It's like they're all surrounding the referee and we got fined for it at Chelsea. It's like I've never seen that yeah. fine come out for anyone else ever. No, no, it was madness. So that the, the next thing in chronological order that happened is the dirtiest tackle of the night that wasn't even a bucket, wasn't even a free kick. <laughs> I think that one on reason. Dallas was disgusting. Oh, yeah. 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 D- yeah. It is disgusting. That That's a high foot. So how is that not a foul? How is it not a card? That, it was that, at least a card. At least a card. I think maybe did the ref feel bad maybe because we equalised at that. No, we scored, didn't, didn't we? No, because he didn't give it, well, he didn't give a free kick for it. If he, if he had given a free kick for that. Was Cooper sent off yeah. for similar at Man City last year, basically, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Although Cooper kind no. of won the ball and his foot yeah. went through, didn't it? But it was still like a high foot up the leg, basically. It would have been it would have been the same rule that got him sent off the yeah. the serious foul play. Because you've seen that one that Alan got sent off for last night, which was like mm, yeah, yeah. Just a bit I think it was more the fact that he was travelling at pace that made it look bad. But and yeah. when you slow it right down, it looks like filth. Mm. But I don't know how you don't go back and look at that. But yeah, the ball broke from that. Dallas was down on it in a heap on the floor. We've played on. Dan James, I thought, looked borderline offside in, when he's uh, come for that. Lobs the keeper, hits the post, persistent with it. Ball goes back across. Rodrigo capitalises on the uncertainty around the keeper. And he put it in, Cody. And then, and then we had, what, 15 minutes of utter dross trying to put a pass together. We were, we were poor in that bit. I didn't even know there was an end goal, was there? No, he he smashed out the defender. <laughs> yeah, big time. <sighs> it's, so it's, da- it's down as a Rodrigo, but anyway, yeah. Fair enough. I think I'll I think as well because they were checking that foul on Dallas during our celebration, weren't they? As well, there's no yeah. way that Rodrigo keeps that because he squared it across the goal. The um, I'm, I'm happy for him to have it. Dan James has taken the award for uh, most offsides versus uh, Alioski, and he? it's like he doesn't he doesn't need to be that far offside. He's so freaking rapid. It's crazy. I know as well as that one offside where, and it is bonkers that rule where they let let it play on and then they flag it um, in case there's I don't know a goal or whatever happens and they have to go back and overrule the the like. But then didn't. Um, Rodri- was it Rodrigo? It might have been Dan James stood on there, that guy's heel. So it's like, well, the linesman's let it play when it's obviously miles offside and he's almost knocked him out of the game with a, an Achilles injury. It's just stupid. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's like parts of the game. It, start, it starts getting like to the point where bits of the game are being played that shouldn't even be getting played. It's, and then, like you say, someone can go down and get injured. It's a bit odd, isn't it, really? So do you think the fact that we struggled to from that point for the next section of the game. So we scored, uh, Rodrigo scored a, a belting goal that definitely wasn't a known goal in the <laughs> sixth, in the 66th minute. Did we then have like 20, 24 minutes, well, probably 20 minutes solidly, where we were just pretty 
everything was rushed again, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's that's what was frustrating. I think, like I said earlier, and and we were kind of rushing things and leaving ourselves wide open, and then really looking like we could concede at any point, and then it you would just think, oh god, here we go again. But somehow we clung on. I thought Creswell did really well when he came on. Actually, he's just, I mean, he, there was that one challenge where he looked like he was going to take his leg off, but um, but yeah, he's just he's just a, a bit of a machine, isn't he? He smashed that guy. <laughs> he looks really solid, doesn't he? Like when every time he comes on, I'm really impressed with him. Every time yeah. him. He's, he's just an immovable object and he's <laughs> massive. He's got that thick neck as well, hasn't he? It's just yeah. like, he just got his head on anything. <laughs> yeah. I was I was hoping he'd score on a corner, actually. I thought, yeah, that would be nice. That but... was that was the chance. That the, there were two chances when I thought we our moment had gone, which was the, the Creswell header where he headed, nodded it back across goal and it was slightly over. And then this, the one where we, where Harrison squared it to Dan James and it just kind of drifted over and you're like, yeah, nah, it's not happening tonight. Like, I'll, there was a point at 2-0 when they had the sending off when I went to myself, I'd, I'd snap your hand off for a point here. I'd, yeah. I'd absolutely snap your hand off for a point. So Every time they're on the attack, that's what I was... <laughs> <laughs> what I was like, <laughs> when we were three two up, I was like, well, if they do, if they do equalise, just remember, you would have snapped their hand off for that at one point. So you can't, yeah, you can't be too disappointed. It'll be okay. Three points is massive. It's absolutely massive. It's just amazing again to have like an injury time goal and see like everyone just spilling off the bench to celebrate again. Like mm. two games on the bounce, like. Amazing. Just I couldn't I think I was gonna have a heart attack to be honest. I didn't know what to do. I was just like pacing around my living room. I, just... I enjoyed Bill's piss take of a celebration as well. So good, so good. I think the BBC article says that it was an injury time winner rather than a last minute winner because there was another another seven minutes to enjoy, which seemed like the longest seven minutes of my life. But there was what? another eight minutes. It was just an nine. absolutely bonkers game, wasn't it? Now you talk like what do we have eight minutes at the end of the first half, seven yeah. minutes in the second half? Four injuries on our team, an injury What's, on their team, a sending off. Went off goals. It's like the last two days, if you think about it. Uh, you, you would think if you said, oh, it was seven minutes the longest added on over the last two days. No, it wasn't. Everton was 14. Uh, and and yeah. a guy tied himself to the goalpost. So it's like, what a weird couple of days. I said he tried it. Someone tried it again tonight. Like, Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and do you know what my thoughts are always? How do they get tickets? Like, How could they get a ticket yeah. to these games? Yeah. It's a good point. It was funny what you were saying about the commentary though, Paul, because I did notice, I watched a few minutes of it afterwards, you know, the, the post-match, and Carragher just loved saying how how bad we were, even though we'd just come away with an amazing win. It was just, yeah, Leeds were so awful. He just kept saying it over and over again, and I kept thinking, to be fair, that if you, the first half we were that bad, weren't we, to warrant mm. them saying that, really. But it, it's just, it's it's so high risk. And it was high yeah. risk under Bielsa, but it's, that's all it is. It's high risk. And we played it in the second half because we had nothing to lose. Yeah. And that's what we didn't do against Villa. Like there wasn't the energy in the performance that that we didn't, we weren't galvanized. But having these two back to back last minute winners, if we do go down from here, it'll be. Such a shame to waste these massive. That what feels like, like because after after Norwich, when the euphoria dies down, I, I think people are quite right to say, you know, one swallow doesn't make summer, and, that kind of, and 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 it's Norwich, the worst team in the division, the yeah. championship team. 
But then to come and do this against a team who uh, who had a European place riding on it, that's massive. Absolutely huge, isn't it? That that was the thing before the game for me. It just it like it, it was always against us. You would have thought, yeah, these guys are going to be well up for it. They want Europe. I mean, did they get into Europe the first season they were in the in the Premier League? I know they got close and they've been in there recently. And you just think, yeah, they'll be craving that. And there's a few players like Neves who stuck around and they'll want European football. And you just think, yeah, they're going to be well up for it. And uh, Leeds... it shows a lot about the confidence, though, doesn't it? Like what we've been going through because. I noticed when when Jimenez got sent off, we did change instantly. It was like we smelt blood almost. And when it was eleven v eleven, we didn't. Our heads had gone down quite a bit. I think I can't, I couldn't see us getting back in. But and then when we did bounce, it, we just we got back to them them sort of heights of just anything's possible. And it was quite interesting to watch that sort of happen on the back of the sending off and watch us our tails go up. You know, because we, we used to be like that for ninety minutes of every game, even when we we're getting beat. So it was quite quite nice to see it sort of happen like that. Kind of what you said, Paul, the question around, you know, bringing a new manager in. And I think Jesse Marsh is that, isn't he? He's he's one to kind of really wrap, we've said it before, like wrap his arm around players and really sort of drag them up. And I think that would be the one thing that I would question. I mean, again, it's a hypothetical because he's not here, but, but would Bielsa have been able to still get performances after like all those losses, you know, would he have got the motivation out of the players? There's some people I think who have stepped up and it is a result of, of the change and probably a change in management as, as painful as it is to say that. But I think Rodrigo is definitely that. I think Rafa was that in the, the Norwich game as well. I think listen, Yeah. Listening to him saying about what he's been doing with Rodrigo, you know, and having the chats with him and it's clearly made a massive difference. Yeah, um, he's like a new man, really, on the pitch. Uh, a fine young man, as he keeps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like he is like a, a reinvented player when he comes to life. And I, I do, like you say, would would that have happened? With as much as I hate to say it, like with Bielsa there, would that have happened? Those heads have stayed down. Obviously, we'll never know. But it is interesting because he's a good motivational speaker, Jesse, isn't he? We can see that. Worth giving a shout out to Christopher, Mister Mister Clarkson, because. <laughs> That is that is some situation to come into, and he's made a couple of big big saves. And I I haven't followed his career hugely closely, but with goalkeepers when they come into the club, and you, if you don't watch all the games, all you will hear about is the mistakes that they make. So you'll only have heard about it from the twenty threes when he's had shockers, and people go, "Oh, it was class's fault, class's fault." So coming into that situation, um, he made some big stops. Like literally big, getting big hands, deflected things, and making a difference. So it's always nervy, isn't it, when a, a new keeper comes on who you've never really watched before? But it's a bit like that with Melia when he had to come in for almost forgot his name. Then it's been that long uh, for Casilla, but he'd had a couple of good games where he'd saved like a penalty the under twenty threes, and I'm wearing always... what I consider to be the the Kiko goalkeeper shirt, Kiko era. Yeah, he did really well. I was really impressed as well, actually. He kept his head really well, didn't he? And like you say, he made, made a couple of really good saves as well, actually. Yeah, and the stuff that was like, could easily bobble under a keeper or like you fumble, he just, he, he did the, he did the easy stuff like well. It's when they don't do the easy stuff well that you then, then everyone's nerves start, defenders, fans. So yeah, well played. So looking at the table going into this international break, of which there are very few things in life that are better than a win. 
before an international break. None of the teams below us play again this weekend in the league. We've got points on the board. We've, we've effectively got, we're eight points ahead of Burnley and they've got three games in hand. But it's a bit like being nine points ahead because goal difference-wise, we're, we're appalling. So would you rather, James, eight points on the board or three games in hand? I think I'd rather have eight points on the board. Because of them getting eight, like winning all three, yeah, they're just, gonna have some serious congestion, aren't they? Yeah, I, I just think their calendar all of a sudden is like very compressed, and as good as Sean Dyche may be in these situations, I think it's a lot to ask. So yeah, I'd, I'm I'm really pleased with the position that we're in. Bearing in mind as well, we have got a couple of weeks where Marsh isn't daft, is he? He's gonna know that there's some things that we did today that were absolute dross that need that need fixing and and he's got this window to now try and fix that tactically get players up to speed get new um players that are on the cusp of coming back into team like Phillips and Cooper match fit so you think actually the position we're in is with that result it's just it's massive and we're in a yeah a strong position for coming back i reckon burnley play man city oh then oh we then... do though they go they well this is so their next three fixtures after the international break are on the second they play against Man City, on the sixth they play against Everton, and then on the tenth they play away at Norwich. So they've got big games quite tightly packed together. It's but, weird because I look at the fixtures and go, we won't have a prayer in them, but Burnley might nick something. And I think it's just the way your mind can But equally it's great though, because like the Everton fixture that causes a a problem and a challenge for Everton as well, you know, so it's, they're just nice fixtures to witness them have. Because we're so used to seeing Burnley grind out the 1-0 awful wins as well, which is why I think Burnley might get something out of it. Well, it's worth saying that, I guess, that in that game, when you look at the games in hand, they can't both catch it. In, in, they can because they've got so many games in hand, but in that fixture, they're not both going to gain more than a point each. Someone might gain three, there might be a three and a none, which so someone's not gaining on you. And the good thing about tonight as well is that I think a lot of us didn't expect that result tonight. So I think when we're looking at our fixtures, that might not have been the one necessarily that we thought we were going to save ourselves with. So it's kind of like a bonus really, isn't it? Yeah, I thought maximum four out of Mm. those two games. So to come away with six is brilliant. That's the thing. People were like, we've got to win against Philly. We've got to win against Philly because we're going to lose against Wolves. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just it, it's just football, isn't it? That's it's crazy. And to think at twenty nine points, we've got eight games left. How many people keep talking about thirty five points? Thirty five points, that'd be nuts. Like so we need we need two wins, is what people are saying, out of eight games. And you're like, surely we could do that. It's still gonna be tense. Still gonna be tense. Yeah. Would it you- feels like we're finding a bit of uh it's funny because I'm thinking back to how we were talking, James, after the Villa game and how that felt that night. But watching us against Norwich, like you were saying, Paul, about, you know, it's only Norwich or whatever, to watching us tonight, it does feel like we are slowly but surely building some confidence back. And I think that's going to, you know, put us in good stead to, to get those couple more wins that we need, you know. Uh, that That result is massive because... If Bamford doesn't come back as well, because let's be honest, he's probably out now for the season because he's had this injury for so long. Yeah. There's always that question mark of where are they going to come from and 
How are we going to? What, what happened to Gellart? Did, did, did Gellart get injured in the six minutes he was on the other day or something? Like celebrating or something? They look like they sort of almost bent him over that hoarding, didn't they? <laughs> He's done his back in. <laughs> Strokes bear hug on him that he gave him. Yeah. <laughs> We've got like the, our injuries this season have been ludicrous. Like, shocking. Like ludicrous. It is shocking. Like four injuries in that game. And then you've got Gellhart. Oh God, I've just seen that challenge again. I mean, like in real time, the challenge on Melia is horrendous. Yeah. It's funny though when you see them all sat on the bench, isn't it? All our injured players, because Phillips and Cooper haven't really been, you know, we haven't seen them much. But when you see like clicks out there, Phillips out there, Melia sat there, all, all of them sat together, you're like, oh my God, this is bad. Like You've seen that again. And I paused it and I've had to look at Gary Neville's face for 40 minutes. How's anyone going to sleep after this? Not doom scrolling this week. I'll be pleasure oh. scrolling on Twitter, which will be lovely. I'm just watching nice got, replays. You had to quickly say on Twitter because you went like, I'm going to be pleasure scrolling. Like, oh, it's that kind of a week. And can we <laughs> it might actually be uh, enjoyable to be around in the house as well. It's been horrendous the past few weeks. Like, it puts me in such a bad mood. Oh, I hate yeah. to say it, but it just, it's like, you know, what's going on in the world and stuff. The it thing. just puts me in such a bad mood. Just watch Rodrigo's goal. I see what you mean about the own goal. It probably could be an own goal, that Paul. It's definitely an own goal. I don't understand how I didn't even notice it. I think it's just because I was like running around the living room. I know, yeah, same. Um, He squared it. Yeah, he he smashed it, didn't he? And I think it was Cody on the line and he he like... Horrible, vile man. But you know, if I was saying how good it was that we scored against Norwich, like saying how Norwich are the the poor team and, you know, yeah, we're obviously going to score, but everyone talks about Wolves' defence, don't they, and how how strong they are. So do you think that, what do you think that says about actually how good we were tonight in going forward? Do you think we were so good and that's why, you know, they conceded three? I think it was just because the man getting sent off. I think we were exceptional. I think yeah. I do in the second half. And I think I, like, I will always bang on about it, about the fine margins and bits and pieces. But like we, we could have scored in the first phase of the game and that would have made a huge difference. But Bamford, if Bamford scores and doesn't get injured, well, the context of the game is totally different. But we, we persisted, persisted, persisted. And I don't think any of those goals came huge. Um, it, it's not from the defensive shape. It's from the pressure and the uh, that it has on you when the when the crowd goes because their crowd were, were, were relatively up for it for most of the night and yeah. loving it at two 0 But you get a man sent off. There's that bit of insecurity that passes on to feeds into the players. Our fans suddenly, instead of arguing in the stands, uh, roaring them forwards. That's the magic of it. Like you yeah. can't that you cannot explain momentum it's no. in games it's and how it shifts like you can't fully bottle that but that's what happened the momentum shifted and we made them pay and like and like you say about the fact it was a striker that got sent off I think if it was Conor Cody that sent off maybe it'd be a different conversation you know maybe we exposed the weakness and stuff but surely it can't make that much of a difference to them defensively I think it, like you say, what we were brilliant, and I think we took our chances and created a lot, and and that's what what got us the win eventually. I think our defense, our, our way of defending needs like a lot of work, like that's yeah. obvious. But but attacking wise, we we are good. We've like we've always been good. Do you remember, like even in the championship when Bamford wasn't wasn't scoring goals, it was always there was always that uh, narrative of, oh, uh, you know this is a striker's team. Like a, 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 a prolific striker would love this playing in this team because we create so many chances. Mm. And it's it's that way now as well, again, where you think like we get forward so well 
we have got like a good attacking front line. It is just crying out for someone to to bang them in, and and that's why like the timing of Bamford uh, being injured again is is just horrific, and it'll be something that has to be addressed in summer as well. We can't just rely on one person in every position anymore. It's too dangerous. Different man now, isn't it? And the squad size and everything else and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It'll be, it'll unravel. We'll we'll see if we survive. There will be so much demand from the fans on what does change. There will be such high expectations because what we know is that it cannot stay the same. You've gambled on making the managerial change. Regardless, there's got to be a bit of an overhaul as we transition in the summer, whether we stay up or not. There's there's players that will go, and it'll just be a different type of transition depending on on how it finishes. But there's got to be a hell of a lot of work done. And it's it's sad in a way, isn't it? Because like the, every time anyone dwindles away, like the promotion squad starts dwindling away, and it it makes me sad every time one of them goes. And you know, people are so fickle sometimes. You see them calling for people to go, and but I've wanted to cling on to that era of Leeds for for as long as I can. But you are right that it does need to. It does, you know, things do need to change if, if we stay up. It needs to. It needs to build on what we have. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be a massive clear out of everyone. It's like, how can we build on this? We didn't do enough last year and the injuries have happened and we are where we are. That's another conversation for another day. What we need to focus on now is just purely the ecstasy of of those moments and putting it together with Norwich and that like it's what a way to finish two games of football. How's your heart right now? Back to normal? We're nearly there. Like just about. It's, it's some of the t- two of the best endings to, to football games I've seen in so long. Like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm still really excited about what just happened. I'm I'm worried about Rocco. <laughs> no, is he all right? He's in an Andy, and uh... <laughs> he was supposed to be on this episode, but um, he's gone out with his mates to watch the game, and yeah, he's painting Let's... the town yellow, white, and blue, isn't he? Let's hope he's all right. I hope I've been excited enough about the result tonight. Uh, we've had to unpick a lot, haven't we? Like the best and the worst. It's well, it it was it was it's unbelievable. I didn't really know didn't really know where to start because yeah. you can you can't just focus on the good stuff because there was bad stuff. But I think probably we hit the nail on the head with the it's the high risk stuff and it paid off tonight. It was an out and out gamble at times the way we play more than ever, and we've rolled the dice and it's come up with three points two games in a row so let's just let's just relax for a couple of weeks and know that we ain't losing for the next we're not losing this weekend on Saturday Sunday and we're not losing next weekend so uh, that's nice that's beautiful it is. Do, do you have a word let's do a word I'll give you mine mine is relaxed that it's been anything but relaxed I think it's been absolutely like the last few weeks with Leeds United have been an a whirlwind and it's been like the Villa game, the Norwich game tonight. Absolutely crazy. So it's going to be so beautiful to have a couple of relaxed moments for the next couple of weekends. Mine is uh, cartwheel because I was pretty much doing cartwheels around the lounge and then I got a WhatsApp from my wife saying, can you please be quiet <laughs> um, when the third goal went in, but also to Luke Aylin's, uh cartwheel and because when I watched the replay, when he sort of lands, he like clips cock and cock like falls over and it's like, oh no, not another injury. That's that's what I was thinking. I'm still thinking of a word. 
you guys do this every week. It's actually quite hard, uh, isn't it? It's, it's very hard. And what you don't get in James's edit is that it always takes at least this long and maybe longer. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> um, my words, momentum. We've mentioned that a few times in this podcast. And I think, like you say, it's an unexplainable thing about football, but also so key. And to watch it swing in our favour for once has been very pleasurable. <laughs> Completely agree with that, mate. Well, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you again for the theme. Will you come back on again? I'd love to come on. I'd love to come on, and thanks for having me. It's been it's been a pleasure. I really enjoy it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been nice thanks. chatting to you as well, James. Oh, cheers, Paul. Yeah, and I'm no, glad thanks. you're not sick of the podcast yet. Sorry, the um, the podcast and the theme tune. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Every time but, I listen, I'm like, I, w- I wonder if we're going to put something else on yet. If we're sick of it yet, <laughs> just one week. It's like <laughs> something we've bought the rights to. <laughs> right, everybody, never, never have have an absolute belter of an international break. We might have something quite enjoyable during that interim time as well. So keep an eye out for further content from the Leeds That People. Just have a great one. Enjoy it. Leeds United, absolute pandemonium. Podcast Network.